alone. You are now tuned in to the real Coach JB Slapdick Podcast. It's the last chance for you. Last chance for me. Will I make it? Will I take it to the top? We gon' see. It's the last chance for you. Last chance for me. It's the last chance for you. Last chance for me. It's the last chance for you. Last chance for me. Will I make it? Will I take it to the top? These new cameras. What up? What up? The real coach JB and the Slapdick Podcast coming at you here on this fine Wednesday Hump Day. Mental hump day, mental awareness strength day, whatever the fuck you call it. It ain't mental weakness day, though. I know that. Not in this motherfucking household. Anyway, this is what we used to call call work boot Wednesday. Hard hat work boot Wednesday uh, when I coached, etc., etc. Man, Twitch fucked me. So I'm going to try it again because I got my account back. Hey, man, Instagram banned me today. Some fucking cunt, bitch made fake fucking fans out there report me and all this old bullshit. So my agent is speaking to them as we speak. Like, it's a joke. These motherfuckers all want to take, try to get my money, man. It's fucking comical, dude. So they fucking banned me for a day or some shit from Instagram. I mean, like, come on. Anyway. It is what it is, man. I deal with more shit than you can't, you could even um, ever imagine, man. You could not even imagine the shit I see and deal with every day that I got to combat. But Instagram, if you hear me, you're a bunch of fucking idiots, too. If you believe the people that are... I'm a verified account, you fucking idiot. Anyway, uh, title of this show is called Transfer, capital letters, just so we're clear, Transfer of Power. Is the title of this show. And transfer is going to mean a bunch of different shit today. Quote of the day, man. Get you guys started. Success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. For all you in the back that didn't fucking hear me. Success is not final. Just remember that. Failure is not fatal. It won't kill you. It is the courage to continue that counts. A lot of you fucks can't even figure out how to keep continuing and keep striving and keep driving and keeping your eye on the horizon. That means your eye needs to go over the fucking mountaintop and see what's on the other side, man. Because it, we got to keep your eye on the prize, man. And the prize sometimes is covered in bullshit, horse shit manure it looks like the green grass is greener it's not the grass is actually 99 percent of the time more brown it's browner quit thinking the grass is fucking greener how about you take care of your own fucking yard first motherfuckers be quick to leave their fucking front yard man when they need to handle their own grass the green the grass ain't always greener. That motherfucker's brown on the other side, man. <laughs> now, if you, if you are, 
if the ground, if the if you guys thinking take a sacrifice and go reach out there and reach for the stars and land on the moon to get something better, I'm all for it. I hear you. I feel you. That's me 100%. I'm a sacrifice. I'm going to bet on myself 100% of the time. I'm going to go do me. There ain't no question. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to fucking walk by faith, not by sight. And I'm going to go get mine. And I don't, I'm not going to take no for an answer. But what I'm saying is too many cats nowadays are shopping jobs on the job. Stop shopping jobs when you're working on the job. Wait till your job is completed before you shop for a new one. Too many coaches are doing that shit nowadays. And that's why I've titled this show Transfer of Power. Too many kids are doing it this day, these days. And everybody thinks the grass is greener. You guys got to understand, man, it is good and okay sometimes to be the big fish in the small pond. It's okay. You cats keep thinking you're the big fish in the big pond. You're not. When you go and jump in that big pond, Lincoln Riley, called the Pacific Ocean, by the way, you're just another fucking fish, dog, getting ready to be swallowed up by all the sharks. All the sharks we call Hollywood, L.A., that fucking concrete jungle we got out here. They don't got that shit in Norman, motherfucker. I hope you're re ready to recognize my boy B. Simmons. I appreciate you. You know, he's a wide-out coach that travels with Lincoln everywhere he goes, and he's the assistant head coach at USC. Proud that he's there. Great brother. Great dude. Uh, good, good friend, man. Um uh, I'm proud of shit of him. Beating ball, O-line coach, real good dude. Um, I don't know if he's bringing Tim Kish with him or not, but Lincoln's going to find out. You know, he got the one number three kid in the country at Los Alamitos High School right here in Southern California to decommit, which is not a word. But anyway, decommit from Oklahoma, and then he commits to SC now and follows Lincoln Riley. Good job, you know, kudos to you, Lincoln, for getting that kid because you've shown some faith in your fan base already. So I'll give you that, right? But that's not, let's slow down. Let's pump our brakes. Motherfucker, someone tweeted yesterday when that kid, the quarterback said, I'm going to SC, I'm going to stay home now. Um, it's crazy because some guy tweets, SC's back. <laughs> Hold up, dog. It's one fucking kid and slow our roll. I told you guys, SC is going to be a hard get for certain kids because LA kids want to get out of LA right now. So to keep LA kids in LA is going to be a harder task than everyone thinks. Just mark my words. Now, Lincoln has this young vibe. He's got the swag. It looks like everybody thinks he's you know, he's going to be cool and they're going to follow him. Cool. Let's see what he do. Let's stop judging him for good or bad. Let's give it some time. Let's see what happens. Let's see if their recruiting pl uh, class can get out of the top fucking 70. USC being out of the top 60 in recruiting is a fucking catastrophe. It should never happen. USC should not be out of the top 10 in recruiting ever. And they're in out of the top 60. So we'll see what they can do. 
But transfer of power, man. Uh, I'm going to talk about a lot of different things. Hopefully, you guys, some of you listen, some of you hear. Maybe you hear me today and maybe you'll listen tonight. I don't know. But this show is brought to you by Manscaped, as always. So you can use my promo code SLAPDICK and get you 20% off, plus free shipping at uh, manscaped.com. So make sure your girls are taking care of your man's balls. And uh, there's been over, you know, 4 million sets of balls. That's 8 million balls have been treated by Manscaped. And uh, you should be the next one. Tell them JB sent you. Slapdick promo code. Get 20% off. Free shipping. Manscaped.com. Check it out. Um, $6 million house in L.A. Get you a nice house. Come on now. People always uh, putting that like it's going to be some little shack. $6 million house in L.A. You can live in a lot of places and you can live fat. $6 million will get you a fat crib in L.A. Somewhere. Now, it might not be Beverly Hills, um, but... It'll be somewhere. Man, you know what? This, this this is the thing about it. People understand. There's high school coaches out here that get houses paid for by their high schools. Modern day Bosco private high schools. There's getting they're getting a lot of love like that too. Some of those schools at the private level sector are getting paid houses, uh houses paid for too. So just so we're clear, all these big time four year school coaches get their get a house in their contract. And a private plane. Just so you know, Urban Meyer, Nick Say, all these guys, Oregon, they all have private jets in their contracts and they all have houses. So it's not a huge thing, okay? I think it was just such a buildup because it's USC that everybody's shocked when they see that USC paid off his two houses in Norman, bought him a new house. Just so you know, USC has one of the biggest realtors in America. Um, and, uh, you know, the real estate boosters that they have, UCLA is the same situation. USC has, or UCLA has some great real estate boosters as well. I know a couple, trust me, that they, they buy their houses in Hidden Hills. USC usually sends them to Manhattan Beach or Calabasas area. So, you know, we'll see. Uh, $6 million will get you a fat crib, though. Trust me. Um, he's not hurting. And $6 million... They gave him was an allotment. What if he said, I want to go buy a $10 million house? I wouldn't buy over a million dollar house in L.A., to be honest. But at the same time, there's places a million dollars in L.A. won't get you a 900 square foot house. I know for a fact, a a buddy of mine selling his 900 square foot house on a 5,000 square foot lot for $956,000 in Eagle Rock, California. Eagle Rock, California, 900 square foot house with a 5,000 square foot lot for 900 plus thousand dollars. So that kind of gives you some relevance. But the same thing, six million dollars, you can go out to, you know, the valley. You can get some nice houses and some shit. Um, Trust me. So uh, I'm just telling you. Um, So we'll see. Let's pump our brakes. Transfer of power is is the title of this show for a few reasons because Gonzaga started off at number one in college basketball, okay? College basketball is college football as far as generational. It's the same kid. We're dealing with the same fucking kids, and I'm going to break this whole thing down. Gonzaga started off number one. They, they, they beat Texas. They beat number two UCLA, okay? Then 
Number two, Duke comes in and beats Gonzaga's ass. Before I go on, every single time the school that had won the game was anointed as the national champ by ESPN and all these people, it continues to blow my mind that after four, five, six games (laughs) in college basketball that we're already anointing Jay Billis, Dick Vitale, Hopefully he gets through cancer. They're all talking about the natty. Duke is now the best team in college basketball. Literally after beating Gonzaga, it comes out. They're the best. Duke got their ass whipped last night by Ohio State. Shut the fuck up. Everybody continuing to fucking anoint these teams after a week into the season blows my fucking mind. Now is Ohio State going to be the new natty champ? (laughs) Like, can we give it a couple months before you start anointing these motherfuckers? Holy shit. I'm sure UCLA is going to get better. Nobody's talking about Arizona. They're pretty fucking good too, I hear. Like, how about some other teams that we don't even know about yet that is going to shock somebody? Shut the fuck up. The only thing I know for sure is Georgia's the best football team in college football right now. And they still can possibly lose to an Alabama. They can still possibly lose to a good Michigan team on a good day. Who knows? But slow the fuck down. We're too fast. Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback of all time. Motherfucker, he's been beaten twice by a 45-year-old. <laughs> you motherfuckers are so fast to judge everything and everybody. Like, transfer of power is the name of this show, but I'm dealing with some slapdick on Twitter who's dealing with me telling me that I talk shit about transfer portal, but then Jermaine Johnson entered the transfer portal and I'm defending him. No, I'm not. And that's not the fucking, that's not what I said. I said, first of all, you don't listen. All you motherfuckers think you know it all. You know more than me. By the way, I was on the phone with Jermaine today. He is the ACC defensive player of the fucking year. So I got to give a shout out to my main man, Jermaine Johnson. JJ, Florida State. This is the deal. Jermaine Johnson played for me for two years, went to Georgia on a full football scholarship. He played at Georgia for two fucking years, just so we're clear. And he played pretty considerably, all right? COVID gave him a fifth year. What did he do? He left and went to Florida State. Now, did he not transfer? Did he enter the portal? No, he's not. That's a total different portal when COVID gave them a fifth year. You fucks need to understand that... Let me break it down this real simple for you guys, okay? Let me ask all you geniuses out there that are are out here listening, okay? Please tell me if I don't make sense or not on this. You're defending the transfer portal. You hate the transfer portal, but now you're defending Jermaine. (laughs) Okay, let's break this down real fast. If COVID didn't exist, Jermaine played two years with me at Indy. He played two years at Georgia. How many years is that, everyone out there? Is that four years? Does anyone know how many college football years you can play on the field in cleats in a game? Does anyone know? You can only play four years. Does anyone know you have five years 
You get five years to play four seasons on the football field. You get 10 semesters paid on a scholarship. Do you, does everyone understand that? Okay. So COVID gave them a fifth year. So everybody understands COVID gave everybody a fifth year. Okay. If COVID didn't give everybody a fifth year, could Jermaine have transferred from Georgia to Florida State? Please answer me that question. Could Jermaine have played at Florida State this year if COVID didn't give him a fifth year? I'm waiting to hear from anyone. Because that means his eligibility would have been done. Jermaine would have entered the NFL draft. This year would not be playing college football. So how is that not different than everyone else in a transfer portal who leaves after year one, year two, et cetera, et cetera? He played another year because COVID gave him a fifth year. <laughs> how hard is that to grasp? He wouldn't have transferred. He played two years at Georgia. It's not like he left Georgia early. He played a fifth year at a new school because he had an opportunity to go there. And guess what? He bet on himself, and I told him much respect to him for betting on himself. He chose to do it. He bet on himself. He's the ACC Defensive Player of the Year. And, yeah, Will, I really do, man. I got to get elementary with these clowns, man. These cats really think they know all this shit, and they, they want to blast you on Twitter and think that they're clowning you when they don't know what the fuck they're talking about, man. And... It's unfortunately comical, but um, but anyway, so hopefully everybody understands that Jermaine would have been done, season would have been done, career would have been done, he would have went to the NFL, <laughs> and he wouldn't have been able to transfer to Florida State. So make sure we're all clear. COVID gave him a fifth year. He said, all right, I'm out. I'm going to go fucking entertain something new. And he bet on himself. Motherfucker's ACC player of the year today. He had a press conference. He goes to Charlotte, he told me, on the 3rd. He gets uh, his his uh, all his accolades and everything. So appreciate. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm proud as shit of the kid. Um, man, good talk I had with him today. I told him I had some NFL security teams calling me. Uh, security for the NFL is calling me about him already, as they always do for s former players of mine. Um, and, uh, you know, it is what it is. And that's how it goes. Um, who knows, man? I don't, I don't know how. I think he'll, I think it could be the second or third DN taken. Um, I think the Thibodeau will be the first DN or the first player taken. Uh, maybe. I think Jermaine will be top two or three DNs uh, taken. So who knows? That could be anywhere from first to fifth round. I mean, that's just the NFL's real finicky on needs. Uh, I'm not going to say what teams called me about them, but that because they don't, that doesn't really matter um, because they never know. You know, some teams might trade up, all that old shit. We're fucking in, we're not even near April in the draft. So, um, anyway, um, you know, Ohio State beat Duke last night. Just so everybody, everybody out there knows, calm, you pump your brakes. Duke's not the best team right now. <laughs> Gonzaga's not the best team right now. UCLA's not the best team right now. They've all beat each other. Calm the fuck down. God damn, man. 
Nobody understands this shit, man. It's crazy. But these are the same transfer. To me, college basketball and college football is very similar. It's the same transfer issues. The same transfer issues. The same kids are dealing. We're dealing with the same generational softness. The same fucking. We're dealing with the same shit. So, just trying to tell you. Um, you know, it is what it is. But um, I got to get into transfer of power. Okay, you know. A couple years back, we thought the transfer of power was going towards giving minorities an opportunity or a chance. I know a bunch of good brothers out there coaching. I know a bunch of Polynesians out there coaching. Not too many Hispanics, unfortunately, um, which is sad. There's just not a lot of Hispanics playing college football either. So that kind of hurts the demographic, in my opinion. Not too many Asians. You know, you're starting to see some more Asian Americans coach. I know a few, actually. But my point is, there was 12 FBS jobs that have opened in the last couple weeks, okay? And I don't know. Does anyone know how many of those 12? All these dogs underneath me, man. Does anyone know how many of the 12 were filled by a non-white Anglo-Saxon coach? (laughs) Now, listen, see, I'm a realist. A lot of cats don't grasp my harsh realities. That's the world we're living. What the hell is that? Hey, give me a second. I don't know. What's that? Hold on real tight. Alarm's going off. I got a guy here fixing something. So give me one second. I'll be back in. Five seconds. At you, man. I appreciate the great Marshall Falk for joining us, Hall of Famer. Uh, I got a quote of the day, man. Quit looking in the rearview mirror. We ain't going that way. Um, keep it real smart and stupid simple, man. Kiss method shit. Keep it super simple. Hey, uh, Mr. Falk, Marshall Falk, I appreciate you joining us, man, on the podcast. Uh, appreciate you coming in and uh, spending a few minutes, brother. I appreciate it greatly. All good, JB. Thanks for having me, man. Uh, anytime, man. Anytime. Um, I want to, uh, I want to let everybody know what you're doing nowadays, man. I know you're doing a lot. I know you're, uh, you're going out to, uh, Super Bowl 55 to, uh, educate some Latino youth on right. some, uh, drug stuff. So you want to elaborate on that? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I'll be at Super Bowl and I, I work in conjunction. All right. I'm back. I'm back. Sorry about that. Uh, I, I think it was my damn camera in my garage. Anyway. 12 coaching jobs have been filled by 12 white people. All right. And. You know, everyone was talking about this whole minority push. Let's get black coaches interviewed and all this. I know for a fact that at least on some of these jobs, there was no black coaches even interviewed. Okay? So I want to make sure we're clear. TJ, I'm going to get to that. I posted a thing with Brian Kelly's first team meeting at LSU, and it was just pretty bad. TJ can kind of tell you about a team meeting that I would conduct and just – and that was a high school that I kind of knew my audience, but at LSU, it I thought it was a fucking mockery. But anyway, twelve coaches so far, um, and I'm gonna find it real hard pressed to, if Notre Dame does hire the, the D coordinator, the brother. I'm gonna really, really 
be shocked. See, to me, people fall for the okie doke. A lot of cats aren't listening and really looking in deep. They see, oh, they're going to name a black coach the interim, and then, oh, I think he'll have a shot. No, they're naming him the interim head coach to slap us in the face and everybody else in the face, and then they'll hire a white guy. Do you think Notre Dame's going to hire a black coach? If USC located in South Central fucking L.A. won't hire one, do you think Notre Dame's going to hire one? Now, if they do, kudos to them. I'll shout them out. I'll give them a fucking applause. Um, they had Ty Willingham years ago. So did Stanford. Stanford's had three brothers as coaches. USC is yet to hire one. Notre Dame. So um, it's crazy how that goes. I know Ty a little bit, and it's kind of funny. Ty Willingham's been at Notre Dame and at Stanford, two predominant white institutions and <laughs> i i don't know if he has something fierce over those two schools but holy fuck ty willingham i don't know man that motherfucker he's gotten some shit over on somebody that motherfucker's been twice but anyway, I would find hard to press to find if Notre Dame hires a brother. I, I really would. Um, I hope they do. I just don't know if they will. I think they'll name him the interim. And then again, you know, I wish these interim tag brothers that take these jobs would say, no, I don't want the job. I don't want the interim tag. Name me the head coach now or never. I'm leaving. Because if he's a big time brother assistant coach, he'll get a gig. So it's, I'm just talking to my boys out here. It's going to take you to say, fuck no. I want to be the head coach now or I'm out. You guys go, go get another motherfucker. Go make another motherfucker interim. I'm out of here. Until that happens, you're going to continue to be slapped in the face and used to recruit brothers. Remember, the NCAA, it's, it's 70% played by black kids. It's 90% coached by white kids, white people. <laughs> coached by 90% white, played by 75% black. <laughs> Makes a lot of sense. 12 coaches' jobs open right now. 12 coaches were hired. 12 white coaches. Now, listen. The flip side of this is, like I said, I'm going to be real and keep it real all, all the time. If the black coach isn't good enough to coach, then he shouldn't get the job. They paid $18 million for fucking Willie Taggart to leave Florida State, just so you know. But his record is better, if not the same, as Norville after his first two years, and he was fired. Norvell got more money. He's had a less stellar record on the road. He's yet to lose. Uh, he, he lost to an FCS school. Willie Taggart did not lose to a Jacksonville State. So I'm just saying, all right? I'm not defending blacks over whites, whites over blacks, all that bullshit. I believe the best fucking human should get the coaching job. Period. I don't give a fuck about anything other than <clears throat> how you are to those babies. What you say is the truth. And you end up 
sticking out your promises. You fucking stick them out. Whatever you told that kid and that mom in the house. Let me ask you something. Let me tell you guys something. When I would recruit in the house, and I would tell a parent and a mom, and you know what the parent asked me after the last chance you came out? Hey, coach, man, if USC came calling, dude, you know, I know you would leave. Why would my kid go to, to JUCO with you? And I'm like, <clears throat> let, me ask, let me tell you something. Truth of the matter is, if SC calls me, I'm, I would. I would. Yeah, I'm probably going to go back home to USC. I straight told the parent right in the face, right? I, these coaches literally tell these parents lies in their face. That's why I get the kid. I'm going to be truthful to you and your parent because I'm going to tell you the real. Now, the odds of that is not very strong. So you have to break it down and let them understand. So I said, you know, the odds of me going to USC, brother, is not great, number one. Number two, I love JUCO. JUCO is what I am. I'm a JUCO product. I'm a JUCO through and through. I believe in helping JUCO kids get to the four-year level. is something that no one else can do as good as me. So I believe I'm here for a reason. And that is how it is. Now, there's been some bad black head coaches that have been horrible at their job. Jimmy Lake, Willie Taggart. Uh, you can argue Lovey Smith in college. NFL Lovey Smith was good. See, NFL, by the way, in NFL standards, Lovey Smith had a pretty damn good head coaching run. In college, it's shitty. See, there's a huge difference. NFL is just everyone that kind of expects the... Everyone in the NFL is like playing Alabama every week in college, right? So, Charlie Strong... Um, at Texas, had a horrible run. Uh, so there's been black head coaches that have got opportunities and did not flout. They did not flourish, right? They floundered. And it sucks, right? But that's the reality of this profession. That's the reality of this business. It's not a race thing. It's Kevin Sumlin was bad at Arizona. I thought Kevin Sumlin was good at Texas A&M. It's just a matter of time and what situation you get. I don't know if brothers get the same opportunity as far as length of contract, size of contract, money, endorsements, autonomy. You've got to have full autonomy. And I know for a fact a few brother coaches that I know that are head coaches do not get the same autonomy that the rival counterpart white coach gets within administration, within the program, within resources, all those things. So what I'm saying is the best coach should get the job. If the black coach isn't getting the job done, he should be fired and then they should hire a new coach, whatever color he may be. If the white coach ain't getting the fucking job done, then he should be fired. They should hire a new guy. So that is just how it should be done. It's too much put on too much black, too much white. You know what I mean? Derek Mason, good friend of mine, actually quotes in my book here for me. Uh, great dude, great human man. Um, you know, had a horrible run, right? But, but look at what my boy did there before he left for Penn State. Right. He did a pretty good job at Vanderbilt. He got Vanderbilt pretty much kind of getting getting them going on the map. 
He just signed a big contract with Penn State. Good to see him. Good to see Mel Tucker sign a big contract. Mel Tucker's turned Michigan State around. Um, you know, so it just depends, man. It's just like how you are and what you get out of it. Like if you go coach for a great coach and you learn and take it and fucking learn through osmosis and you fucking sponge it up and you massage what you learn and you turn it into your own shit, then shit, man. You should be fucking great. And... Josh Feely here says Mike Price was his head coach. Mike Price is a good friend. Aaron Price, his son, I know real well. Uh, obviously, he was my good friend, Derek Sparks, coach at Washington State that just passed away. Um, Price families, le- I love them, man. Love them to death. Them and Eric's, Dennis Erickson and Bryce Erickson, good good family, man. Good people. They're all kind of close. Uh, you know, Herm Her- Her- Edwards is doing decent at, at Arizona State. I, you know, I would like to see him do better. I mean, shit. I just think he would do better. You know, Dion's doing good for his first real head coaching gig. Um, I would like to see Dion stay there because I think he's a great fit. Not to, you know, well, why not coach? Well, I, I just don't think he is a great coach from what I know and seen, but I think he's a, he speaks the right language to these kids and they buy in. That's bottom. That's 99% of the problem battle. Can you get kids to play for me? Can you get kids to work hard and run through a wall for me once I get you here? Dion's doing a fucking fabulous job at it. And that's just what I believe. Um, but I know that black coaches weren't interviewed at SC. I know that black coaches weren't interviewed at LSU. So they weren't even in the process. There wasn't even an a, a, a interview to be had. And if you listen to Lincoln Riley, who I don't believe is telling the truth, he said he decided to take the job in two hours. <laughs> SC called me that morning and I took the jaw. And no, no, no. That's just not how it works, just so we're clear. Usually the jobs get called through agents and agents call you and they say, hey, Lincoln, hey, man, you're in uh, SC, is very interested. Do you want to take the call? Sure, I'll take the call. Or, nah, I'm good. And then that way you keep your hands clean and the universities don't consider you to be tampering or them to be tampering with you or your institution. So that's just kind of how it works. So a lot of people in the business know he's full of shit, right? Brian Kelly says he was on the road recruiting and pulled himself off. So you know they didn't interview a black coach at LSU. So again... Brian Kelly and Lincoln Riley have the same agent, by the way. Um, so it's just, this is how it works, man. So, you know, I just know there wasn't a time to be interviewed. And so I just, I'm not here to defend either color of coach. I'm here to defend what's right. And don't say that you're going to interview minorities and you don't. That's my whole point. Then don't own it up, own it. Say, dog, you know what? We didn't. There wasn't a black coach out there that we liked enough to bring in on a on an interview. That's what I would have said if I was a fucking ad. But you lie, and then that's guess what you do? You lie to cover up for another fucking lie. You didn't interview no motherfucking brother coaches. You didn't interview no Polynesians. You didn't interview no motherfuckers. Everyone's excited about Lincoln Riley. It's a splash hire. I'm, I'm on the other side. I'm not. 
And, and I think he can make a splash. I think he can have a lot of hoopla. I think you'll get a better crowd next year. People are excited right now at SC. I, I don't think it lasts very long. L.A. people get bored quickly. When the Lakers are doing good again, the, the, the crowd's going to shift to the Staples Center if SC ain't balling. If SC don't get a top 10 recruiting class, they'll be at the Dodger games in the spring. They'll be at the Kings games in the fall. And they'll be in the fucking beach in the summer or the snow in the winter. They won't be at SC games if there ain't a fucking product to be had, to, to be productive on the field. If it ain't a productive product on the field, they're not going to go see them. There's too much shit to do in L.A. Too much pussy to chase. Too much fucking traffic to be in. Too many fucking movies to go see. Too many Hollywood fucking boulevards to go walk down. It's too much shit here. You better lock down the best kids in Cali. You better not let them go to the other schools. That'll be the first step in a progressive manner. You'll be able to at least say you're here changing the culture. You're recruiting. You're getting things done that Pete Carroll did. And then you can go forward. But let's not get ahead of ourselves because one quarterback committed to SC. Now, I love to see that he's a brother. He's a mixed kid. I love to see that he's going to SC. SC would refuse to recruit black quarterbacks for some reason for a while. I don't know why, but they sure were. You can't tell me different. But anyway, um, that's a whole nother motherfucking discussion, right? But anyway, I just want to see... Yeah, that, that's why that's why I don't like the fakeness, TJ. You know, Mech, you know, Lincoln Riley said USC is going to be the mecca of college football, and then and then his former player at Oklahoma tweets out, "Damn, he told us that last week." <laughs> he literally posted that on social media. He told us that last week at, at Oklahoma in a meeting when we when we were about to play Oklahoma State and prep for them. People lie. These guys are liars. They're looking for the bag, as y'all say, the youngsters say. They want the bag. And listen, I'm fine with it. But don't be shady about your operation. Don't be shady because at the end of the day, 90% of these kids you recruit don't won't get the bag. The NIL ain't shit. It's a bullshit deal. It's another fucking slap in the face. They should have gave these kids scholarship dollars for every single year they're there. That's what the NIL should have been. Should have been money per check. It shouldn't have been no fucking go get your jersey sold. Motherfucker, ain't nobody making no money. Ask these kids how much money they're making. Besides Bryce Young and a fucking couple people, a handful Ain't nobody up. The left corner at motherfucking LSU ain't getting no money. The left tackle ain't motherfucking making no money. The D-end ain't making no motherfucking money. The middle backer ain't making no motherfucking money. The backup quarterback ain't making no motherfucking NIL money. The, the third string running back ain't making no motherfucking NIL money. So that's all bullshit. It's a whole nother meeting to be had. I'm not even going to talk about that whole shit. But... um. You know, kids don't lie. Now, kids, let me rephrase it, okay? I never trust a kid. Never. But kids won't lie to other kids regarding the coach. As far as how the coach is, if he's a fake shitbird, is he real? Kids, rec real recognizes real. You can call these kids all this shit you want. 
dumb, this, that. What they aren't is stupid. These kids aren't stupid. I don't give a fuck if they're special ed kids. I don't give a fuck if they have an IAP. I don't give a fuck if they have a 504 plan. I don't give a shit. They're not stupid. And they'll see through you in a New York minute if you give them a bunch of bullshit out your mouth when you first meet them. If you watch Brian Kelly's addressing the fucking first LSU meeting, first of all, kids are spread about. Now, if it was a COVID situation, I would have said, okay, but I didn't see any mask in the motherfucker. And if it's not, then it was a horrible address immense of a roster that's at LSU and it made it look very small roster at that because it didn't seem like it was a packed fucking place and kids were all about kids had flip-flops on kids had hats on to me I'm like hold up first meeting I'm having I'm gonna set the tone motherfucker everybody get in the middle together take your hats off pull up your pants stand up everybody raise your hand who has a mother? Everybody's going to raise their hand. Who has a sister? Everybody's going to raise their hand. Some of you might have a daughter. Raise your hand. They'll all do it. Good. Then I better not hear the word bitch out your mouth. And watch them just like, ooh. These D1 coaches don't say no. They're not teaching these kids no real life shit. They want the bag. They're there for the money or they wouldn't have left a team that's possibly about to play in a BCS playoff. Week 11, you left if it wasn't about the money. And then don't send no bitch-ass text message to your guys. Texting your kids is cool. Texting your kids as a team is cool if you're their coach. And you have weight room in the morning and you have meetings tomorrow and you have this. Ain't going to text them. I'm leaving. You're not going to meet with them. Unless they don't let you meet, which I've had that happen to me a few times. Unless the administration don't let you meet with the kids, which is fucked up sometimes. You should meet with them. And for them to find out after you got the job to me. Should hurt you in recruiting at your new school. Period. Because if the kid at Notre Dame easily can Snapchat, IG, DM the kid at LSU and say, man, watch this motherfucker, dog. He a lying, shysty motherfucker. You don't think kids talk? Man, please. You know what made me a great recruiter? You know what I used to tell kids that I was recruiting? To DM my kids on my roster now. Ain't no coaches doing that, dog. Ain't no coaches doing that. I would get my kids on the phone. I told my recruits, hey, dog, DM my team. I, I don't need to know. I don't even want to know. Go DM my players. Now, I'll straight tell them, hey, dog, some might say he a hard ass. He, he an asshole. I don't know what they'll say about me. But DM them and at least get the real. You know what they mostly said? Man, Coach JB is hard ass. He on us, but he love us. He'll give him a shirt off her back. And if you're a real cat and you were a real motherfucker and you really want to succeed in life, regardless of what generation and what pussy you came out of, motherfucker, then real recognizes real. You'll accept that shit, pull up your big boy pants and take it and let's roll. Understanding it ain't personal, dog. This is business. I'm here to get you where you could not get yourself. Period.
Period. That's the definition of a fucking coach. That's my job. Hey, assistant coach, sorry I yell at you a lot. Guess what, though? 13 of you got D1 jobs under my watch. I don't feel sorry at all. Hey, dog, sorry I'm going to be hard on you. You know why? Because the kids are my number one priority. So guess what? If you give them half-ass effort, I'm going to fire you. <laughs> Period, dog. That's what it is. IG suspended me for some fucking cunt reported me for something. I have no idea. I don't. It's not like I fucking put a bunch of crazy shit on there. Apparently, I can't cuss on there or something. I don't know. But I don't know. My management's talking to them. Who gives a fuck? I hope they fucking put me off forever, dude. I hate social media. But anyways. Um, I don't know. I'll, I was just ranting there for a minute. Um, but anyway, this title of this show is Transfer of Power. And... We're allowing kids that have never driven the car, never driven the ship, never been the pilot. I did a show last week, Pilots and Passengers, and I discussed that we're allowing our, um, we're allowing our, you know, passengers to pilot the ship, and they have never even learned how to drive yet. When is that going to stop? When are we going to put our fucking foot down? You know, I don't know, man. It's just unfortunate how how operations are ran right now. But I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to break down some things for you on this deal. And I want to show you and prove to you that this transfer portal issue is a real issue. There's a real issue here. And I'm going to show you and tell you why and how. But transfer of power is actually not a good thing. <laughs> it's not. And last year during the pandemic, Pac-12 players came forward and were going to boycott and not play unless they heard and found what their coaches' salaries were. And in my opinion, that's none of your fucking business. It's none of your concern. Because there's a difference. It's a similar situation when people ask me all the time, Coach, it's okay for coaches to go to a new job, but it can't. the kid can't transfer? Why are you hating on the transfer, but you can, you're not hating on the coach? Okay, so I'm going to address it. First of all, when you pay mortgage, lights, food, put kids through college that are your age, the kids that are questioning this are the same age, right? I believe you've earned the right to have certain things in life. High-paying jobs, Autonomy, privacy on what you actually do make. I believe you've earned the right to do those things. When you are a kid, 18 or tw to 21, I don't care if you're of age, you still lack the experience. You lack the privilege, in my opinion, to question or ask about a grown person's business. You have yet to earn your that right. 
So in my opinion, by allowing kids to transfer at an all-time staggering rate, we're just continuing to allow softness to seep in every crevice in every fucking turn in every corner in this country, and it's touching everybody. And it's allowing every single person that we come in contact with in every facet of life to become softer. And you can say the portal benefits certain people. Jalen Hurts, coach, he wouldn't have got drafted. Bullshit. Jalen Hurts was getting drafted regardless if he transferred to Oklahoma. Please understand that. Jalen Hurts already played three years and won a natty and fucking was up for Heisman's. He was going to get drafted. Okay, don't tell me he wasn't going to get drafted. We, I've had this discussion with certain people at Alabama. Trust me. Okay. Justin Fields, coach, he wouldn't have got drafted. Justin Fields was a freshman. He didn't want to compete with a guy that didn't even play and never and didn't even get it. And not in the league. But anyway, he chose to transfer and it worked out for him. But at the same time, you have to understand there's certain guys that can transfer from one place to another and and fill a need like instantaneously. Justin Fields filled the void that Ohio State had. So it worked out for him. I don't agree with the transfer. I, I agree with you sticking out a place that you chose to go. I think you need to stick it out. And if you can prove or show that a coach literally lied to you and is fucking you politically, then I am all for you leaving that institution. But when you're choosing to go there and you've done all this research, this is how we all know it's bullshit, okay? The kid was committed to Oklahoma. Lincoln Riley gets the SC job. The kid decommits and commits to SC. He's following Lincoln Riley. For whatever Lincoln Riley told him, he's buying into it. Don't tell me they're doing this due diligence, them and their mom, and they're doing all this fucking research. They're not. It's a sudden impulse reaction and act. I'm going here because of Jersey. I'm going here because the coach told me this. I like the coach. I'm going there. I'm not researching my major. I'm not researching what the degree I can get will give me later in life. I'm not researching what the campus has to offer. I'm not researching why I'm going here. It's strictly football-based, basketball-based, baseball-based. And when I get to that place, I don't like it. I don't like it. And I can argue with Jesse Moore and and YouTube who says you could choose to get married and still get a divorce. I can argue that nowadays the younger people that have gotten married are getting divorced at an all-time quicker rate than they were in my generation. You know why? Because everyone's so quick to chase greener grass. They'd rather be soft and weak-minded and not go fight through the battles and the trials and tribulations that we're all going to face in, as, as humans, we are going to have bumps in the fucking road. And if it's a competitive sport we choose to go play, that we were offered a scholarship to go play, a $100,000 scholarship that we would have died for in my age in high school, now these kids just post, I got an offer from Alabama, Georgia, LSU, uh, and I'm going to put on Georgia hat. and uh, Like this, it, to me, it's like, holy fuck. Back in the day, I was talking to Roy Williams, NF, uh, Super Bowl MVP and Super Bowl uh, winner, Oklahoma OU legend. 
And he was like, dog, we would have loved, we would have loved to have been offered by all these schools. And we didn't have the opportunity to, sh- to floss it, but it's like a joke now to these cats. It's a, f- I- I'm just going to throw it out there. I've got offered by all these motherfuckers. Ah, like it's a joke and a mockery and a slap in the face to all these other cats now. But my point being is, it's a competitive sport. You chose to play it. If you can't play over the person that's there when you chose to pick that school to go to, that's a you problem. Why are you making it everyone else's problem? But I'm going to break down why. I'm going to break down why transfer of power is really not good and why it's what's going on with it. All right. Just so we're clear. This is a parental administrative and coaching issue. First of all, I want to share something with you um, on YouTube, okay? This is in, in on the audio side, Spotify, Apple, iTunes. I'll read it to you. But for the YouTubers, I want you to see. Oops. Um. My bad. I don't know how to do this. Uh, Let me see. Let me see. I don't know. I can't switch to you guys. My camera's not switching for some reason. Fuck. Um, Anyway, I can't share it. I wish I could. I'll figure it out. Anyway, if you go to NCAA.org forward slash student dash athletes slash current slash once slash transfer. This is what's on their page, okay? I just want everyone to be clear. It says want to transfer right on the front page of NCAA.org. The decision to transfer to another school is an important and often difficult one in your college career. Before you act, do your homework. Make sure you understand how transferring will affect you. So you don't negatively impact your education or your chance to play college sports. What a fucking mockery and joke. We would like to help make the transition to your next school a smooth one so you can continue your education and at the same time continue to participate in your sport. (laughs) This is on the NCAA's website. They're promoting and marketing transferring. This is the problem, ladies and gentlemen. Steps to take before you transfer. Decide which school is the right fit for you. Your school should help you satisfy both academic and athletic goals. Learn the transfer and eligibility rules by the NCAA. Download the two-year transfer guide. Blah, 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 blah. They are promoting and marketing transferring on NCAA.org. First of all. That is why it is a fucking epidemic, not the COVID. This is the problem. They're promoting and marketing it. The NCAA, non-caring assholes of America, are pushing you to transfer. I'm going to break this down into a a way that a lot of people haven't told you about. I'm going to break it down like I always do and give you the real. Want to transfer page, marketing and promoting this is a number one problem. B, number two problem is, I got a phone call today from a buddy of mine. He had an old lineman, all right? This is an 
average O-lineman at a four-year institution, University of Nevada, all right? Sorry to blast that out. Nevada has an O-lineman that entered the portal, okay? Today, all right, he entered it this morning. All the four-year schools, plus I was privy enough, I had a couple connections, I had a transfer portal access to. All four-year schools, now head coaches are appointing certain coaches to track the portal, right? Which is, to me, strike number two. Problem number two in this whole pandemic and epidemic called transfer portal. 70, listen to what I just told you. 74-year schools contacted this lineman that entered the portal at 7 o'clock this morning. 70 Division I schools coaches contacted that kid about transferring to their institution. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, that is the fucking problem. And if you don't understand it, then you have a problem yourself. Coaches are the biggest enablers because they're trying to compete with the Joneses. And you can't recruit, you cannot recruit Alabama, Georgia, Clemson from Jump Street. Now you have to try to catch them on the rebound and get their transfer kids. To me, is the biggest bitch move in the world. I lost you from the jump. I'm not trying to get you again. Period. That's my mindset. If you ask anybody in this room that knows me, anyone, any players that played for me, ask them if I took any transfer kids. Not a one. I never took a JUCO transfer kid from one JUCO to come to my JUCO. Never. I took four-year transfers. We're a JUCO. We're a two-year school. <laughs> so I took four-year transfers, of course. Because I wanted to get them back to a four-year institution better than they were when they left. Which I did, I think, pretty much. I think I'm the trendsetter in that regard. So, 70 Division One coaches contacted this kid within an hour of being in the portal. That is the problem, ladies and gentlemen. We are not only enabling and pushing for it, we're condoning it and we're accepting it and we're trying to get the kid to transfer to our school because we lost them the first time. If you didn't recruit him and get him the first time, why would you want him the second time? He couldn't play at Nevada. He fucked up and did something at Nevada. Why do you think he should play for you? But that's just one small problem, all right? Just a small problem. So 70 coaches reached out to him. You know, it's not the kid's issue. It's the grown-up. It's the parent who allowed the kid to enter the portal, A. It's the coach who have allowed the kid to transfer on you, B. It's the coach who is accepting you to transfer to their institution, C. It's all your problems. You're all enablers. You're all part of this huge pandemic epidemic we have called transfer portal pussies. Period. So I just want to make sure we're clear. 
Everybody talks football, football, football when it comes to transfer portals. All right. I want to prove to everyone out here today on this Slapdick podcast brought to you by Manscaped. 20% off using the Slapdick promo code. Slapdick. Anyway, I want to prove to you that it's not just football. It is an epidemic. It is the generation. It is the soft culture and nature that we live in. That our parents and coaches who allow it have allowed for 20 plus years and it's become such an issue that it snowballed into a huge eruption waiting to happen. It's imploding on us. I want to show you. I don't know why my fucking deal ain't working here. Hold on a second. I'm trying to get my... Um. Give me one second, man. I got some good shit to show you. I got to see if I can get my fucking listen to uh, listen to Cody Butts for a second. He's on MTV, by the way. He bought one of my slapdick bullies. Hey, give me two minutes. I'm going to get this camera. Don't leave. I appreciate everybody. Hit the like button. Subscribe. Become a member. I appreciate the show. You guys being in here. Hope you're enjoying it. I got a bunch of shit to show you. Give me two minutes. You're a country asshole. You got the sweater vest. Yeah. You got the sweater vest. Turtleneck. Yeah. Yeah. And just came off, the yacht. came off the yacht, yeah. like the yacht shoes, huh? Yeah. So yeah, man, was, they don't let the smooth taste fool you. That's what people so don't get, I, w- I was sitting there, and I was like, you know, we were sitting at this table or whatever, and I was like, man, just, you know, go on, go on. Because I try not to fight anybody. I really do. Yeah, I try yeah, not yeah. to. No doubt. Just because I know once that switch flips, yeah, yeah, then yeah. I'm going to jail. Yeah. Or somebody's going to try to sue me because well, I'm going sure to end target. up. Yeah. Yeah, or I'm just going to end up beating the fuck out of you. Yeah. You know, and that's it. Like, I was... I've had a pool stick cracked over my head before. Like, you know, I've, I've been knocked out. But, you know, yeah. it takes a good ass whooping to know yeah. how to give one. No doubt. So, no doubt. Um, but, yeah, he just kept fucking with me. And I was like, all right. I, I sat down. I bought the the little girl come by with the little jello shot. the orange and purple ones. And I set it down. I called him over. And I was like, here you go, man. He was like, oh, thanks. As soon as before he could finish that, I just said, pow, just dropped him. Really? Slumped him. Oh, and he shit. said, he, and I told him, I All right, I'm back, I'm back, I'm back. Let me see if this works. Booyah, I got it. All right. I think I got it. All right. Let me see if I can figure this out. All right. Nope, still don't work. Huh. I don't know why it won't switch all of a sudden. Hmm. I don't know. Anyway, I can't figure it out today. Sorry. Um. But I want to show you some critical shit here. I'm going to show you all right back on this transfer deal all right let's get it back crack it in here so i could uh these things are all right so i'm going to prove to you that it's not just football kids and transfer portals it is becoming an epidemic and pandemic based on across the globe across the globe on everything all right i wish i could show you but um i want to break down sport by sport okay 
And I want you to understand this. And if you don't know this already, some of you may know it if you're some nerds out here and shit. I want you to understand that this is a bigger problem on a bigger scale. And a lot of people out there, general population, does not understand it. And that's why people ask, JB, why you hate the portal? This is why I hate the portal. There is currently 3,337 kids in the transfer portal for college baseball. Let me just say it again for the people in the back. 3,337 kids are in the transfer portal for college baseball. (laughs) So... I got to ask the question. Well, coach, the coach can leave, but the kid can't leave? Here's my answer. Is there 3,300 coaches who left their institutions for another one that warrant 3,300 kids to leave their school? (laughs) You guys always make excuses for fucking excuses, man. Stop making excuses for fucking excuses. It's a fucking epidemic. 3,300 baseball kids are transferring. How many head baseball coaches left for one job to another? A handful, maybe? I don't know. How many football coaches have done it? Two so far, but you're going to probably get a few. I mean, see, a D coordinator leaving to go take a head job is not the same thing, even though it may affect some recruiting things in that institution. Penn State's D.C. took the head job at uh, wherever the fuck. He just got the head job somewhere. Virginia Tech, I think. So, understand, 3,300 kids is a shitload of more fucking kids. They they didn't all fucking go to Notre Dame and the coach left and said, all right, 3,300 kids are transferring. So, calm down. But let's just keep breaking it down. You guys can keep talking about apples and oranges and all the shit you want. All right. Let me just finish my whole thing. Currently, there's 1,700 Division I men's basketball players in the transfer portal. We're talking about a sport that has five people on the court at once, 15 on a roster. And I believe that number is lower than football and baseball for the simple fact that there's one and done and you can leave after one year and it is it has eliminated a lot more transfer. Now remember, there's still 1700 kids in the portal for basketball. Don't don't think that to me that's not a small fucking number. My point is it's a one and done league or a one and done sport. They can leave after one year and go to the NBA or or at least professional basketball. So I believe that is hindered somewhat transfer portal. Or I think basketball would be even more But time out. I just want to keep going here, all right? These are, I can show, I can give you resources on all this, okay? There are currently 3,756 women volleyball players in the transfer portal. And I have 3,756 names to give you. (laughs) I could fucking give you all the names right now. There's 3,756 women volleyball players in the transfer portal right now. 
Ah, coach, it ain't no problem. I think they can be. They can go wherever they, they should go wherever they want. We'll get to that. Thirty-seven hundred fifty-six women volleyball players in the portal. Thirty-three hundred thirty-seven baseball players in the portal. Seventeen hundred basketball players in the portal. There's twenty five hundred current football players in the portal. Twenty five hundred football players, and that number I believe will go over three thousand here in the next few weeks. You guys don't think that's a problem. You guys are fooling yourself. Justin Fields, Jalen Hurts, you know, Cameron Rising, kid I recruited to Indy from transfer from Texas, who's a California kid, went to Utah. And and you know what? He bet on himself. He told me he's like, Coach, I'd rather be at the four year school. My mom wants me here. I'm gonna stick it out. I tried hard to get the kid to Indy. He's balling out right now at Utah. I knew he was a player. I knew he could have played. Helped us. He's killing it at Utah. Much respect to him. Those kids that bet on themselves and do it and win, cool. Those are scenarios that warrant a transfer. Jermaine Johnson, everyone, oh, you're Jermaine Johnson. Jermaine Johnson played all four years of his college career. Two years with me at Indy, two years at Georgia. He left and played a fifth option year because the COVID gave them a fifth year. And he bet on himself. He's the ACC Defensive Player of the Year named today. Kudos to him. But let's sit here and put these cats on our, our hands and our fingers and our toes and count the success stories of the transfer rates of the portal. I just listed to you some major college sports. I haven't even dove into the other sports yet. Okay? So time out. We're talking damn near 10,000 kids in a portal where the NCAA's website, NCAA.org, promotes and markets transferring. Yet, they don't want to pay kids. They suspend you for buying a fucking plane ticket to a bowl game for your girlfriend. And (laughs) you guys don't think this is about money? These motherfuckers are promoting the transfer portal, the hook, on their website. This is a transfer of power that is not conducive for success. Let me just tell you, the shit is going to implode. High school football is becoming so bad nationally because the transfer portal has stopped recruitment And it's trickled down to allowing transfers to sit in a made-up cloud, sitting there looking down at all these institutions trying to say, I'm going to try to pick to go, where to go, where to go, where to go. When the harsh reality called football jail, junior college, quote, is sitting there waiting for you to come to them 
so they can get you some fucking nuts and guts, toughen your motherfucking skin so you can go back to a four year and, and respect and appreciate the finer things in life because you ain't going to get them at JUCO. You rather sit in a portal where you may not even fucking go to the school because they don't want your motherfucking ass and bet on yourself. And did you see the tweet I posted out today where it's just millions of kids around the fucking college? Dog, it ain't just football because they don't want to play because they're, they're not playing. There's 3,700 women volleyball players, dog, in a transfer portal. We have a soft fucking society. We have a very soft society and we're accepting it. And you guys that agree with it that it's okay are fucking enablers. <laughs> 70 coaches contacted a dude that entered the portal within the hour. An average old lineman from the University of fucking Nevada. It's not like he left fucking Alabama. He left Nevada and we had 70 Division I schools contact him. Come on. If you 70 coaches wouldn't contact him and do it continuously, guess what would happen? Less transfers. Kids would have to say, fuck, I got to drop my nuts and compete and do what I fucking set out to do. I signed up to go here. How about I finish what I started? Where are the parents and coaches and administrators telling these kids that shit? But yet, you know how many coaches and kids I hear every day tell these kids? Oh, man, transfer. Fuck it. It's cool. Go transfer, dog. <laughs> go transfer. Dog, you're the problem. Kids only know what they only don't. Kids only know what they know, man. They don't know what they don't know. They know what they know. And the grown person who pays the bills should fucking be teaching the young one how not to do shit. Not fucking enable them further to help them concrete their demise man you're putting their two feet in concrete in two three years they're gonna enter the job force and think they could just fucking go from job to job to job because they don't show up they show up late to work one day and then you get fired or you think you can call in and say oh, i'm not showing up today i'll just transfer to another fucking job i ain't seen no transfer portal at walmart motherfucker i ain't seen amazon have no transfer portal But you motherfuckers think it's cool and you guys are all literally starting to do it. Now, let me break this down a little fucking harder, okay, for you real quick. Florida State, where my kid, Jermaine Johnson, just got coach, uh, ACC Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year. Great job, right? They had eight transfers out of nine transfers in the ACC uh, make all league or some type of all league category. Stogie, come here. They had eight of nine kids that made all ACC or were all transfers. Okay? I want to show you this, why I think it's bullshit. Eight of nine kids transferred into Florida State and played. Can anyone tell me what Florida State's great stellar record was? 
Did that shit help Florida State as a program? Did nine transfers help Florida State as a program? Please tell me. Please tell me a school that benefited from transfers from another four-year school and helped them win. Besides, a quarterback transfer from USC, another Southern California kid, by the way, who went to Georgia. Besides him, I didn't say the success of the player. I said, give me the success rate of the team that accepted a multitude of transfers. You can't. You can't tell me there's one team that benefited from a shitload of transfers. Florida State was below average. They lost to an FCS school. They had nine transfers that made it all ACC. Eight of nine transfers were all. I mean, eight of nine all ACC players were transfers. Their program was under 500. They lost to an FCS school. USC has transfers in the backfield. Look at their shit. UCLA had a transfer. Utah had a transfer. They have three losses. But, I mean, show me a school that's had a shitload of them. Now, Alabama doesn't take them very often. I don't believe they take them at all. Clemson does not take them at all. Um I'm not sure who else takes don't take them, but it seems to me that the schools not taking them are winning. Based on the initial high school recruitment or junior college recruitment that they signed and they educated, they matriculated, and they graduated all those same kids. They didn't lose them to the transfer portal. They didn't accept new transfers, and they didn't fucking quit on them. I'm talking about the coaches quitting on the kid because a lot of those kids transfer because you quit on them. Whether you they know you're leaving, they think you're leaving, rumor got out, they think you're shaking after you told them in their home that you ain't going nowhere. It's all bullshit. These coaches lie to them like a motherfucker. I feel for the kids. At the same time, we got to teach them some hard truth, reality, and love, hard and tough love, and say transferring is not the answer. You have to still earn the right, in my opinion, to do things on a grown man level. I don't believe these 18 to 21-year-olds can dictate what the salary should be to their coach. They shouldn't be able to see what salaries their salaries are. They shouldn't be able to fucking dictate where they go. They shouldn't be telling parents what to fucking what food they want you to buy them. I believe respect earned is respect given. I believe that you should respect the kids you recruit. I believe that you should be honest and tell them the truth from the jump. And that way there is no fucking text message needed by Brian Kelly. It is a heartfelt I'm leaving. TJ, TJ in this room. TJ, you're still in here. TJ, when I left Cabrillo to go to Garden City, Kansas, Juco, I was a head coach at Long Beach Cabrillo. I left and went to Kansas. Was it a fucking fuck Coach Brown day or was it, man, I appreciate you. I had so many kids crying and I shed tears. Dog, it is, an, it is a, they knew I had opportunities to leave prior to my, I, I, first of all, I completed four years at Cabrillo. I went through a full cycle. 
of kids, number one. Number two, that was my longest tenured job because I was a, I was a hustler. I was always on the move. I was an OC at a JUCO. I went to go be an OC at another JUCO. I went to go be a head coach at another JUCO. It was a different deal for me. And Cabrillo, I said, you know what? I'm going to stick it out, man, and try to give these kids four good years, go through a class. I did that. I did that. So by saying that, Went to, went to Independence there four years, all right? My fourth year is when I left. So my point being is it was some hard, felt, tough conversations, but they understood it because they knew I was there for them for the right reasons and I wasn't leaving for the wrong one. And I never lied to them. I never said I was not leaving or was leaving. My point is these motherfuckers are lying to these kids every single day and the kids and their parents need to do a better job on research, turning over rocks, figuring out what school they should attend for what reason, not chase the kid. The kid just fucking decommitted Oklahoma and committed to SC and that tells you he chased the coach. So if that kid decommits in a year from now because he ain't playing at SC, please refer back to this podcast and tell me we're not fucking weak as society. Please tell me that shit. Anyway, man, it's a shitty deal. We got almost 10,000 people in Transfer Portal. And in my opinion, it's a societal problem. It's a home issue. And it's a coaching issue. We allow more shit than we should. We ain't coaching enough. And I'm just being honest. I think we are in for a huge implosion waiting to happen. If junior college and high school athletics continue to flounder like they are, participation rates in high school across the nation in football are at an all-time low. Participation, I'm talking about, is at an all-time low. They'd rather play Fortnite and tweet. They don't go outside and play no more. Obesity is at an all-time high. We don't fucking monitor our kids well enough or tell them the truth anymore. We tell them what they want to hear and not what they need to hear. That is the fucking problem. That is an issue that adults are facing and having. And we are too fucking chicken shit to tell these young kids the fucking truth that the real world's about to hit you in the mouth, motherfucker. And you ain't going to be able to transfer out of that, motherfucker. Hey, man, I appreciate everybody, and uh, much love to everybody, and I'll see you Friday on the Pat McAfee Show, um, and then I'll see you on the Slapdick Podcast again at 2 p.m. Pacific. Show's brought to you by Manscaped, and uh, hey, appreciate it all, man. TJ, I appreciate you, brother. All you guys listen to read what TJ wrote, and uh, at least you know I'm not bullshitting. Peace. Hope this ain't my last chance. It's the last chance for me. Will I make it? Will I take it to the top? We gon' see. It's the last chance for you. Last chance for me. It's the last chance for you. Last chance for me. It's the last chance for you. Last chance for me. Will I?